Celebrate the historic 100th Greeley Stampede, June 23rd through July 4th, featuring concerts, rodeo, carnival, and more. Tickets available at GreeleyStampede.org. This is Mornings with Kale and Northern Colorado's Voice, 1310 KFKA. Well, no shortage of uh, fireworks yesterday as Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas was absolutely blasted over his handling of the southern border crisis as he faced the House Judiciary Committee. Now, he faced off against several Republican members of the committee, including ranking member Jim Jordan, who asked Mayorkas point blank, Have you done anything right? Well, Congressman Ken Buck didn't mince words either. 808 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031-1310 KFKA. Mornings with Gail from the Allo Communications Studios. Congressman Buck, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Gail. It's good to be with you. Well, and I certainly appreciate uh, your taking the time because I actually watched your comments and gave you a round uh, uh, of applause for just cutting to the chase. Now, uh, what I did is I uh, excerpted uh, some of your comments because I'm sure you don't want to sit through the whole thing again, but I'll ask you to fill in the blanks. So here is Congressman Buck uh, from that House Judiciary Committee hearing yesterday. Americans are mad. And they are particularly mad at you. In fact, even President Biden had to appoint the vice president to help you do your job. When I listen to constituents in my district, they believe you have intentionally made our border less secure. When I listen to my colleagues, they believe you have acted intentionally to make the border less secure. Many of my constituents have asked me whether you will be impeached when Republicans gain control next year. They don't believe that you've committed a high crime, and they don't believe that you've committed a misdemeanor. My constituents want you impeached because they believe you've committed treason. They believe you're a traitor. They compare you to Benedict Arnold. Secretary Marcus, I was at an event this past weekend, and a lady approached me and asked me if you felt any shame for what you've done to this country. My question for you, Secretary Mayorkas, is very simple. Would you please answer that lady's question? Are you ashamed for what you've done to this country? Congressman, I have so much to say. You got a minute and 17 seconds to say it. In response to what you have just said, it is so profoundly offensive on so many different levels in so many different regards. I I won't ask you for an apology. Don't. Is the absolute mess at our southern border, Congressman, all about incompetence or is it by design? I have to tell you the conclusion from yesterday's hearing was that it is intentional. That, that uh, this Secretary of Homeland Security said that he believes in amnesty that he will uh, uh, advocate for an amnesty program at the same time that two and a half million people have come into this country illegally. Two and a half million people. You, you could take a, a number of Western states and put the population together, and it wouldn't reach two and a half million people. And this secretary 
uh, has dismantled the effective policies from the Trump administration. Right. They have stopped building the wall. I was down on the border. The, the, the wall is sitting there. Uh, the contractors are in, they've been paid. They are in their uh, trailers, their, their construction trailers, and they are not putting up the wall. They have uh, 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 reneged, um, backtracked on agreements with Guatemala, Nicaragua, El Salvador to return their citizens to those countries when they come into the United States. They have uh, they have um, done away with the remain in Mexico policy, even though a court has ordered them to keep it in place. They are uh, trying to uh, do away with the Title 42 policy concerning uh, COVID and other dangerous diseases. Um, this administration and, and Secretary Marcus in, in particular has done everything he can to have an open border on our southern border. And how can a nation have sovereignty with a wide open border? It can't. And, 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 and the reason that, and I never said that I believe he's committed treason. Um, I, I will reach a conclusion concerning uh, his in, impeachment at some point. But the reason that my constituents, the people I talk to in Colorado, tell me they believe that he's committed impeachment or an impeachable offense is because he swore an oath to uphold the laws of the United States of America and is in purposefully not upholding those laws. And his job is to secure the homeland. That's what Homeland Security is all about, the P- Department of Homeland Security. And as the leader of that department, I have to tell you, the Border Patrol uh, agents that I've talked to, the ICE agents that I've talked to, are so frustrated because they have their hands tied and can't do the job that they signed up to do. Well, and they've been demonized to add insult to injury. Yes, absolutely. They've been demonized by the left, and they have been neutered by their uh, leader, uh, the Secretary of Homeland Security. Let's get back to Title 42, because uh, I was once under the mistaken impression that uh, we were a nation of laws, particularly when it came to border security. My understanding now is that, as you alluded to, Congressman Buck, uh, much of what Trump did in order to staunch the flow of illegal immigrants and, of course, drug traffickers and the coyotes and uh, the child abusers, the list goes on and on. I mean, I want to talk about time permitting, of course, uh, the fentanyl crisis, because fentanyl is, well, it's a drug of mass destruction but my understanding is title 42 is all we have left well it's it's one of the tools we have left um, a- absolutely right and uh, the m- migrants that are coming uh, from the, the south coming from uh, uh, Guatemala and, and through uh, Mexico uh, uh, know when title 42 is rescinded that that particular provision uh, of title 42. They will have open access to our border, and uh, they are uh, they are massing. They expect the numbers to double or triple. We've we've been setting records ever since the Biden administration took over, in in terms of uh, record numbers of illegal immigrants coming into this country, uh, and that doesn't even count the number of people who are 
uh, not apprehended. Uh, and they know because of the, the sophisticated monitoring equipment we have on the southern border, how many people, uh, at least a rough number of how many people are coming through that, that are not apprehended. And, and that number is uh, 600,000, 700,000. And so uh, you add that to, to two and a half million and, and you, you've, uh, it's a very serious problem. Then, on top of everything else, uh, we're, uh, as I've said this morning, uh, I can't help but think that uh, George Orwell is spinning in his grave with the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Wyatt's Alejandro Mayorkas announcing that they're creating a disinformation governance board. It's the Ministry of Truth by any other name, and I can't help but think it's in direct response to Elon Musk's uh, bid to take Twitter. And and the idea that government is going to determine what is true and what is false and what is uh, good speech and what is bad speech, uh, and that taxpayers are going to pay the federal government to monitor the taxpayers' uh, speech is it is it is a uh, it is a big brother uh scary situation and uh again this uh this secretary has has no idea uh what he uh has has unleashed and uh he he is going to feel it when when the republicans take control uh he is going to be the subject of of uh serious oversight hearings if not impeachment hearings Congressman Ken Buck from Windsor, <clears throat> representing Colorado's 4th condi- uh, Congressional District, first elected to Congress November 4th, 2014, currently serving his fourth term in the United States House of Representatives. And despite the misinformation a while back from the Denver Post, he is running for a fifth term. But, you know, I- I've got to ask you, how do you retain any sense of optimism when you see everything going on around you? Well, I'm optimistic because I get to come back to Colorado and I get to see families who are um, mad because uh, the Biden administration and the Polis administration are shutting down oil and gas development in Colorado. At the same time, we see the price at the pump rising. And people understand uh, supply and demand. They understand that if we reduce our supply of gasoline and the demand, especially in the summer months, the demand goes up, the price of gasoline is going to go up. Uh, it, it has to do with this radical green energy uh, agenda that the, that the left has. Um, and yet I see people who understand it, who want change, who, who are going to uh, uh, fight for change and ask for leadership. And, and that makes me optimistic. I see the same thing when the governor uh, talks about, uh, you know, we shouldn't eat meat and we should, uh, you know, uh, ignore the hard work that, that occurs in our agricultural community in, in uh, uh, north, northern Colorado and eastern Colorado. Uh, I, I see the same thing in, in so many areas, parents who are sick and tired of their kids being taught critical race theory and, and how America is not an exceptional nation. Uh, people want to get back to uh, normal life. They want to get back to uh, raising a family, making a living, and being proud of the country they live in. And I'm sure that this is what you heard from some of your constituents at your town hall last night, right? Absolutely. had a 
great telephone town hall. We started out with over 10,000 people uh, on the call. We ended up with o- over 700 people. And there's just very few ways to, to be able to communicate with that number of people. Um, and so uh, it's a great technology. And, and I learned a lot from uh, the constituents who called in and uh, had a great time. How do we stop the flow of fentanyl across the border, manufactured in China and uh, trafficked into the United States? I mean, a a teaspoon of fentanyl can kill upward of 2,000 people, if not more. I've had the opportunity to talk to Weld County Sheriff uh, Steve Reams many times about this issue, as we have toothless legislation when it comes to fentanyl in the state. But his concern is not so much about gunfire when it comes to the safety of his deputies, it's fentanyl, dermal transfer of fentanyl. Yeah, the, I actually had a twofer yesterday. The, the morning I had uh, the opportunity to uh, ask questions to Secretary Marcus in the afternoon. I had quite an opportunity to ask questions to Secretary Blinken, and that's exactly what I asked him. Uh, China is doing this on purpose. Mm-hmm. They don't have a, and, and Secretary Blinken acknowledged, China does not have a fentanyl problem in China. They will kill people. If, uh, they, I mean, literally try, uh, convict, uh, 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 have an appeal, and then put a bullet in, in someone's head um, by the side of a mass grave because they have dealt drugs in China. Uh, it is a very serious uh, penalty in China, and yet they produce the fentanyl that comes into this country. I believe it is an intentional act to undermine the security of this country. They, they use it. Uh, they're able to do it because they come right across the open southern border that we have. And uh, what happens as I was down on the border and learned, they'll, they'll send uh, a thousand migrants across uh, one part of the border and 10 miles uh, down the border. All the Border Patrol agents have to go and deal with the migrants that have just come across and they will send that uh, fentanyl in uh, to open areas once they know that the Border Patrol uh, has had to leave their posts at certain areas. So. Um, it is it is very dangerous, and that's when they also bring in uh, uh, criminals and uh, uh, terrorists and, and others uh, when when they're able to have a distraction. I appreciate your being so generous with your time this morning, Congressman Buck. But speaking of mass graves and the horrific sights that we have seen with uh, Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine, uh, you've in Congress, uh, there's a $33 billion request for more military and economic aid to Ukraine. I wanted to get your take on that. Is it time to tell Putin he needs to stop? Oh, I think we've been telling Putin that, and he doesn't really care because he sees uh, American leadership right now as weak. He took note of what happened in Afghanistan. He is uh, uh, able to continue to fight the war uh, in Ukraine, and uh, I think we're doing the right thing by uh, uh, supporting the Ukrainian military, but uh, Putin is not going to stop. But, Gail, I want to say one more thing before we uh, end our, our time together. I want to thank you so much for being a voice for truth and honesty and uh, really compassion uh, when you are uh, on the radio. I know today uh, is your last day on the radio for a while. Uh, Hopefully we get you back at some point, but I know that uh, you've just been such a good friend to me and to so many. Um, You have been uh, open about your, uh, uh, you know, having people on with different viewpoints and, and doing your very best to inform the public 
Uh, I could not be more proud to be uh, your friend and uh, to have come on your show. So thank you so much for what you've done. Congressman Buck, high praise coming from you. I certainly appreciate that. Enjoyed all the conversations that we have had, and hopefully there will be more in the future. Thank you so much, Congressman Ken. I look forward to it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take good care. 823 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031-1310-KFKA. Today's headlines, podcasts of mornings with Gail and more, and a schedule of upcoming sports broadcasts. Find them at 1310kfka.com. All right, stay with us. As always, our Friday morning staple, and I know Kevin Carr, Fat Guys at the Movies, FatGuysAtTheMovies.com, always so appreciates being called a staple. But Kevin Carr, Fat Guys at the Movies, FatGuysAtTheMovies.com, joins us at 835. Unwind with a good afternoon guy, Brian Gary, weekdays at 3 p.m. on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. on your Friday morning, Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1, KFKA, Mornings with Gail from the Allo Communications Studios. And it wouldn't be Friday if we didn't have the chance to chat with Kevin Carr, Fat Guys at the Movies, FatGuysAtTheMovies.com. Of course, shameless plug, you can hear his weekly uh, syndicated radio program. And I would add, it's a real don't miss each and every Saturday from uh, noon to to one. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing good, Gail. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing. Oh, it's our last. How you doing, Kevin? I know, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to start randomly yelling at people on the streets on, on Friday mornings. There you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I live on a side street, so it's going to be people walking their dogs and stuff like that. <laughs> well, they'll be happy to hear from you. Oh, that's just Kevin. <laughs> yeah, that's Kevin. That's the kind of stuff he does. Just verbalizing once again. Oh, my gosh, yeah. though. How much fun has this been? And I just I so appreciate your willingness to always uh, go into the kimchi with me, going and going into to left field, going into the weeds, because those have been some of the most fun conversations we've had. Well, that's the way I've always said. I've, why bother staying on the rails? It's no right? fun that way. That's right. It's a lot more interesting out in the field somewhere. Well, we're getting back to our roots where we color outside of the lines. So. That's true, yes. <laughs> All right, but back to business. Uh, we've only got one single solitary wide theatrical release this week. Yes. Memory, memory with Liam Neeson. You know Ooh. he's. You know what's funny is I think his last movie, which was Blacklight, came out just a couple months ago. I think it just hit VOD this week or something. So it's uh, he's like almost overlapping them. He's just cranking them out before he turns seventy. Mm-hmm. So he gets them all out there, and <laughs> I, I love the fact that he keeps doing them because you know he started as the tough guy actioner. In his 50s, usually you do that in your 20s or 30s. So he's, you know, making his money while he can. Uh, But in this one, he plays a hitman who's suffering from Alzheimer's. So they're starting to work in plot devices that deal with aging for him. Uh, And he decides to turn the tails on the people who hired him and go after a bunch of human traffickers. 
you know, but it's it's your typical Liam Neeson getting scuffling it up and, and going after the bad guys. Um, it's got some other good people involved in it. The Monica Bellucci shows up in it, and you've got Guy Pierce, which I think is funny because he was in Memento like twenty years ago. Wow. Um, uh, and uh, uh, it's directed by Martin Campbell. He did the uh, like. Casino Royale and GoldenEye, so he's rebooted the Bond franchise twice. His stuff has slowed down a little bit, so you know it, it's this is kind of one of those imperfect mixed bag of a movie. If you want to go see something this week and you kind of want that check your brain at the door, you can go see it. It's not the best Liam Neeson movie he's made, um, but it's not terrible. It's I, I, I it's it's worth seeing, but it's also something that I wouldn't have great regret if you miss it and have to catch it on VOD later. Is he still angry, Liam Neeson, that we so adore? He's always angry. That's that's his, he's like the Hulk. He's uh, that's his secret. He's always angry. Yeah, that's kind of his stock and trade, right? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I I I like I like these movies that he does. I mean, it, they're they're not great, but you know, they're they're. They're fine, and it's a uh, it, well. It's actually based on a Belgian. I think originally it's a book, and then it was uh, made into a Belgian film. So I've not seen the original, so I don't know how close it is. All right, okay. Now turning to uh, Paramount Plus, uh, the yeah. miniseries, The Offer. Yes, this is about the making of The Godfather. It's based on the experience. Excuse me, the experiences of. Uh, Al Ruddy, who was one of the producers, and it's told from his point of view, so it's also told from his ego's point of view, and it kind of paints him as the hero of this whole thing, and I don't know if I buy that, but <laughs> that's okay. Um, it's th- This is one of those kind of like memory. It's a mixed bag. There's some stuff that's really good about it, because, I mean, you think now you're like, oh, 50 years later, The Godfather, who wouldn't make that movie? Well, it, it, it was a struggle to make that movie. There was a lot of problems as they were developing it in the 60s and 70s. So, it's it's interesting to watch because of all the stories behind it. The uh, there's some great things in it. You've got like Matthew Good playing Robert Evans as the head of the Paramount Studios, and uh, uh, Dan Fogler playing Francis uh, Ford Coppola is really good. And then there's some other casting choices, like the guy who plays the young Al Pacino. You're like, eh, he's not very. You know, it just sounds like he's doing a Saturday Night Live impression. And so, so it's kind of it, it's all over the place. There's some really neat stuff. If you want to go and see what it was like to make the Italian sausage back in <laughs> uh, you know, the late '60s and early '70s, and see how Hollywood operated then, it's uh, interesting. But um, you know, after about three hours of it, you're like, I, I, I could have watched The Godfather last <laughs> time. Exactly, exactly. And I think, too, you know, it has been said, everything we need to learn about life, you can find it in The Godfather. <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. <laughs> that was ad-libbed, by the way. I know, yeah. No, that famously ad-libbed. Mm-hmm. I think the guy just wanted the cannoli. I think he was just yeah, like, who hey, wouldn't? why waste it? They got plenty of guns. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, wanted to run this by you. Baby, okay. baby is out the corner. This has Jennifer Grey is returning for a Dirty Dancing sequel. I know you'll be all over that. Wait, they've done Dirty Dancing sequels, haven't they? I know already? they've done too many of them. Yeah, exactly. What was that one? Oh, Havana Nights. Ugh. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny about that one is. 
because it takes place it, it, it takes place in Havana during uh, the, the the Cuban Revolution or something like that, and. It, it wasn't even based on it. It just said inspired by true events. And I'm like, well, that's really distancing itself from the true story, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> it's not ripped from the headlines. It's just like sort of like marginally looking at the headline from far away. Uh, but but what's what's this dirty dancing? I mean, what is it? Don't break a hip. Is that the movie that's going to be? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, break out the depends and the ambassol. You know? Yeah, Jennifer Grey. Your, your last name isn't just her last name. It's just oh, describing. Oh, you know, that's a shot. Silver haired or whatever. No. <laughs> Well, apparently, though, um, she and uh, Johnny in real life, Patrick Swayze, they just didn't have the chemistry that you would think that they did. But apparently, and here's what's interesting, and you would know a whole lot more about this than I. It seems to me that whether you have good chemistry or bad chemistry, it can translate on film. Well, you know, and and there's famous examples of people who didn't get along but actually worked out well on screen – Together, I mean, uh, you know, like uh, Debbie Reynolds and uh, Gene, Ke- uh, Gene Kelly did not get along when they did Singing in the Rain. And, uh, you know, even fantastically well-known is, you know, Abbott and Costello didn't get along, but they worked well together, you know. So, um, does she know that Patrick Swayze has passed? Well, I would think so. I, okay. I, I still think that she's in control of most of her faculties. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like I don't. I mean, it's like I don't know how you do. I don't know how you do a sequel without with her, without his character. Well, this is true. Yeah. 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 Can't argue that. All right, and then uh, of course you know I have to go. To, uh, we were just talking about coloring outside the lines and crayons, Uh-oh. so of course I have to go to Vin Diesel and Fast and Furious. They just lost their director. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, well, you know, here's the thing. Um, it, it's it's I, I it's I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that. Which who was the director? That, it wasn't Justin. Lin, it wasn't yeah. Justin Lin. Yes, it, it was. Justin Lin? Yes, okay. it was. Uh huh. Well, now, hasn't he done the last eighteen movies? <laughs> One hundred and eighty-two, to be exact. <laughs> I will say this. I will say this. I did hear, did hear somebody said they're upset that it's called Fast X and it should be called Fast Ten. Your mm-hmm. seatbelts. Mm. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I see what you do there. I'm picking up well, what you're laying down, Kevin. Well, thank you. <laughs> yes, I, thank I you very much. Yeah. The, the thing with Vin Diesel is. Um, he, he wrestles a lot of control over this stuff. And the thing, Vin Diesel is not a ubiquitous, everything he touched turns to gold. I mean, he has, like, a couple things that do well, and then everything he, uh, else he touches goes in the dumpster. But the Fast and Furious movies have a lot of his uh, his, his, work, his work. So, it, it, look, you can't take him out of the series, so he's, he's hardwired into it. I mean, it's, right. you know, so... But I, I find it interesting that if they're going to lose the director who's who's done so many, you would expect that they went to somebody else and then had to come back. But, you know, maybe just Justin Lin's getting tired of directing him. 
Yeah, that could be true. Well, I'm going to miss our conversations about, oh, my gosh, uh, some of the turn of phrases that you have come <laughs> up with over the years. Absolutely brilliant. It was just last week where you uh, actually used the word anthropomorphize. I thought I was the only person on the planet that actually used that word because, of course, you know, uh, my Greek name is Thesaurus. But you know, <laughs> well, there you go. A whole lot of reading. And then what was it? Oh, Domestic disharmony was that it? Uh, it was another, you know, talking about a movie that was about well things not turning out so well. Yes, <laughs> I think that was it. Yeah, I just throw them out there. I don't, I don't remember from day to day. I think. There you go. There you go. Well, Kevin Carr, Fat Guys at the Movies, FatGuysFatGuys.com. No, you're not going to get rid of me that easily. And if you ever need a, how you doing, just give me a call. You've got my number in more ways than one. But what a great ride it's been. It's been so much fun. Absolutely. I will treasure these years of talking to you every Friday. Yeah, as will I. Kevin Carr, Fat Guys at the Movies, FatGuysAtTheMovies.com. Thank you so much. Take care. Be well. You too. 848 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1, 1310, KFKA. Bid tuned to Northern Colorado's Voice. 103.1 and 1310 KFKA for Preps Baseball. It's with a heavy heart and a whole lot of humility and gratitude that I wrap up a great six years right here at Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1, KFKA. Five of them spent with you, my mornings with Gale family. I am so blessed. I, I can't even begin to describe how fortunate I have been to have this opportunity. So where do I start? Well, first things first. Thank you to law enforcement. Thank you to our health care workers, particularly over the past two years of the pandemic, who so selflessly put their lives on the line to save others. And thank you to our teachers who do care about our children's education. Thank you to our elected officials and the movers and shakers in my adopted county of Weld and city of Greeley and those beyond who have been so gracious in opening doors and have been so generous with their time and their insights and their smarts on the air. They actually made me sound a whole lot smarter. And to the many guests who have joined me over the years, whose wisdom has made us all a little bit better informed in direct contrast to all the noise that uh, threatens to dumb us down, I'm honored. And to my colleagues, my friends at the station, thank you. Thank you uh, for allowing me to be on this ride, to be a part of the journey. I so appreciate each and every one of you. It's been fun, and you'll be missed. But you know, it's especially you, my Mornings with Gail family, who will forever be in my heart 
we had some fun, didn't we? And we got some things done. Important things. And I'll treasure those memories for a lifetime. Stay strong. As I know you will. Keep fighting the good fight. Speak your mind. Refuse to be canceled. Because... It's so important to our future. This city of Greeley, this county of Weld, our state of Colorado, and indeed the nation, despite what the naysayers may say, they're worth fighting for. Thank you for this amazing opportunity. 857 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1, KFKA. Keep it tuned to Northern Colorado's Voice. 103.1 and 1310 KFKA for Preps Baseball. Oh, and Micah, you lovable curmudgeon. Thank you as well, because you've made it an adventure. Hateable curmudgeon. <laughs> no, not my words. Not my words. My words. And, <laughs> and Ryan, thank you as well for uh, being in the saddle with me. Most mornings feel better. So it's not goodbye. It's simply farewell. You'll be missed.